Here's a few unscripted things before we get into the episode. If you've enjoyed You Hate Movies these past few years and the hundred plus episodes of us arguing, you want to hear You Hate Movies argue on for years to come into the future, unlike Pistol Chris, Crystal Piss, then there's a few ways that you can help that come to pass. The first one's really easy. You can go to iTunes and leave a kind five-star review on our podcast. Believe it or not, this actually helps a lot. You can follow us on social media. We promise not to bombard and bother you with lots of content. We just let you know when new episodes arrive. And if you really want to go the distance, you can go to patreon.com slash youhatemovies. And for the price of a cup of coffee every month, you can get exclusive episodes that only air on Patreon and hear us argue in ways you've never thought possible. Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Fourteen years ago, Borat left an undeniable mark on popular culture in a faux documentary that will have audiences cackling and cringing as long as people watch movies. That's a lot of legacy for a sequel to live up to all these years later. Hey, Tyler. Yeah. Can you remember as far back as 14 years ago? That would be 2006. Is that, is that what you're asking? Yeah, in this world without time, can you remember back all the way to 2006? I can. It was, uh, it was a heck of a year for me. I, I remember it, yeah. Oh, really? Do tell. Why was it a heck of a year? Uh, uh, you know, it was, a, it was I, I graduated high school in 05, so I was six, you know, 19, fresh in the world. Lots of living and loving and laughing, you know, as uh, eating and praying and loving. I yeah, met, for a second, uh, I thought you were going to say live in La Vida Loca. <laughs> no, that was like 2000, uh, 99. No, Ricky Martin didn't make it into the 2000s, I don't think. Okay. Uh, 2006 is when I met Sarah on, on the day before Thanksgiving, my wife. Wow. How come I... How come Sarah hasn't been on the podcast since the Avatar episode? Is it the last one? I think so, yeah. <laughs> she can't she can't hang, you know, she's just too um, she's she's too thrown off by confrontation, and that's all we do here, you know. Yeah. All we do is argue premise. and she just wants to get along. Hmm. Yeah, but that's not entertaining. That makes sense. Yeah, who wants so, to listen to a bunch of people getting along? <laughs> It's a, it's an exciting year in the life of Tyler Hands, 2006. Uh, Did you make it to a movie theater and see a film called Borat in 2006? God, man, I have I have no memory of the first time I saw it. I I would like to think that I saw it in theaters, but there's a good chance I didn't. Maybe I saw it on video the first time. That's not helpful mm-hmm. at all. I feel like I probably saw it on video. I didn't. I don't think I saw it in theaters. Hey, Patrick. Yeah. Can you remember back 14 years ago? You mean to 2006? Yeah. Yeah. What was 2006 I, like for you, Patrick? Uh, it was pretty good. I was traveling around. Did you meet your wife that year? I had already met her. I was uh, currently engaged to be married to her at this point Ooh. in my life. Wow. Yeah. So it was a big year for me too. And in this big year for you. Yeah. 
Did you make it to a movie theater and see a, a film called Borat? I did. I went to a movie theater and watched a film called Borat. Now, to be clear, you're sure that you did that, or do you feel like you saw it <laughs> like Tyler uh, did? I, I remember very vividly the experience, and I remember our very own Mike Jensen was sitting beside me and was laughing hysterically at the opening credits before the movie even started. Um, yeah. He was I remember that also. A good time. Yeah. Because I, I was there. So we all saw somewhere to the tune of 14 years ago, we all saw a movie called Borat. And Tyler, when you saw it, whether it was at home or in a theater, likely at home, what was your reaction? Did you not have a reaction? Are you talking to me? Yes. yes. Did you hear oh, my man. question? No, I didn't at all. The internet paused for so long. All I was staring at was frozen screens for a good <laughs> 20 seconds, 30 maybe. Well, hopefully I remembered to edit that so the audience has no idea what we're talking about. I just jumped forward for them. Yeah. I asked, when you finally saw Borat, likely at home, based on your uh, feelings, yes. what was your reaction? Oh, my God. It was great. I, just, I remember just having the best time watching it the first time. It's, it's one of those films where, like, it makes your face hurt, you know, from the laughing. It makes, <laughs> like, your stomach hurt from all of the, the leaning forward and laughing. I, I loved it. Like it was the very first time was is a weird experience watching Borat because it's like uh, it's this sense of like in, intense comedy that you just are so amused by, but at the, simultaneously you're just appalled and you feel like you need to look away. Yeah, you you kind of can't believe the stunts you're seeing, and you can't believe the reactions that the people. Yeah, it's it's simultaneously hilarious and painful, and yeah. the the yeah. more you watch it, each new viewing, it gets less painful and funnier. You know, it's like you're able to enjoy the comedy more. Yeah, recently I um, watched Borat as a refresher before the sequel with Peter Nikiforov, who's on the show from time to time. He had never seen it. He made it all this time through the cultural pantheon without seeing Borat. He knew the quotes. He knew how to do the <laughs> accent. He surely has said, my wife, a bunch of times. Yes. We saw the movie. He had said, you know, very nice, mm -hmm. my wife and all that stuff without really knowing exactly what was going on. No. And his reaction. no authority to quote Borat. <laughs> he just uh, soaked it in through popular culture. <laughs> and then he finally watched the movie. And he was laughing so hysterically from start to finish that I couldn't hear the movie. And then to Tyler's point, a lot of the movie, at one point he just said out loud, Oh God, it's so cringy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's a, a painful, hilarious experience. Yeah. There's so many times you're like, please stop. But then at the same time, you're like, please don't stop. See how far this goes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you want you want to. It's a weird experience because part of the humor of Bora, it's like part stunts and ridiculousness, and honestly, like clown comedy, him falling down or knocking things over, and it's hilarious. And then another yeah. part of it is is kind of like a profound social commentary where he, in private, in the privacy of anonymity, 
when people don't believe that this footage will be shown in their own country. They reveal the worst parts of themselves. And we get to see it. And we not only get to see it, but we get to see it for laughs. Right. Which is a very strange thing and a wonderful thing. And it's sometimes unbelievable what this man gets on on camera. Yeah, the first film is particularly humiliating for America. The, the, <laughs> types, the types of people and situations that he manages to, to create uh, are just a, a, astonishing and appalling and so funny. Yeah, the yes. whole him singing at the rodeo thing. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah you know, it's I always, I always think uh, in particular of the uh, frat guys in the uh, RV. Yes, yeah. they're 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 very uh, uniquely terrible. They are, and there's something very satisfying as like a voyeur to yeah. watch them humiliate themselves. Uh, not knowing at the time that America would be watching them humiliate themselves. They're, yeah, they're, they're particularly appalling, the frat guys, the South Carolina yeah. frat guys. Yeah. And it's just little things. Remember when he walks up to the guys in Atlanta and starts talking to them <laughs> and they make him change his clothes and stuff? Yes. Oh, yeah. On the, He's trying to absorb sleep. black culture and then immer- immediately yeah. carry it into a hotel to check into. <laughs> Yeah. Right. <laughs> Second with his pants around his knees. Yeah. Yeah. It's just little stunts like that. You just don't see that stuff coming. And then when he does it, it's unpredictable. Yeah. There are certain people that he comes across where they deserve to be mocked. And it's funny and it's upsetting, but you're like, you feel good laughing at them like they deserve it. But then there's other people that comes across that are more dignified like the feminists or all of the hotel employees or like the etiquette coaches. And you're like, you almost feel bad for them, but you're able to still laugh at how ridiculous, like they're and how serious they're taking themselves. But you still feel bad. Yes. And one of the greatest scenes in the movie is a cut scene where he's in the grocery store. Oh, out. the cheese. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's That's my favorite scene. scene. The cheese scene is by far the best Borat moment <laughs> in existence on film. By far. Yeah. I need more cheese scenes. I can't believe that guy went so far. It was so great. Yeah. That is by far, without argument, the best Borat moment. And that dude in the grocery store was by far the best sport. And it made the funniest, like, candid moments. Yeah. Good. Yeah. There's like a... So there's the extreme of the frat guys from South Carolina. There's the other side of the spectrum where people are being provoked, not necessarily to their own humiliation, but it's fun to watch them provoked because the character that's provoking them isn't real. So it's like a, for us as the audience safe to watch this ridiculous made up person antagonize these feminists and uh, ask them if, is it not, problem woman have a smaller brain you know all that kind of thing <laughs> or when he brings a the, bag of poop to the table yeah exactly <laughs> when he's trying to learn etiquette yeah yeah uh and then there's the you know the people who make out fine the driving instructor yeah is particularly 
even though he gets provoked, he's particularly patient and he, <laughs> he's cool. really, he's, he keeps his cool. He's really funny in like asserting his authority as the driving instructor and dealing with Borat honking at people and trying to drink and uh, assault <laughs> women. Yeah. And at one part, there's this really bizarre moment where he's like, you know, I like you. Do you like me? And the guy's like, yeah, I like you. You're a nice young man. He's like, you will be my boyfriend. And he's like, what? No, I'm not going to be your boyfriend. He's like, why? And he's like, eh, I guess that's fine. Because <laughs> he's just giving up on the, on the yeah. conversation. Yeah. Half the time, it's just Borat trying to push people to their limits. Remember that? Uh, oh, man. I feel like it was MTV, but that might not be right. There was a reality show, like a candid camera reality show called Boiling Point. Yeah, I remember that thing. I remember that. Where it'd be like, look at this bad customer service. Let's see how long it takes for the customer to explode. And it'd be like, they earn a certain amount of money if they can go 60 seconds without cussing or yelling or something. Yeah, the, the cheese guy in the supermarket could have won Boiling Point. Yeah. Yeah. He would have done very well for himself. So Sasha Baron Cohen's... Uh, an interesting kind of comedian because he's like part I don't mean I mean this to his credit but it's like almost part Johnny Knoxville and his willingness to just put himself at great personal risk and do outrageous things yeah. for the entertainment of other people and then he's also has a thoughtful direction he's taking this whole thing in like it's almost like the movie has a ridiculous uh, concept and a thoughtful message and the same is true yeah. for his other characters as well, whether it's Ali G or Bruno. I remember him promoting the Bruno movie and talking about how for many people that uh, encounter Bruno throughout the course of the film, he's like their worst fear realized in real life, this over-the-top, ridiculous, flamboyant, aggressively sexual gay man. And he's like, yeah. and he's, he doesn't exist. His, their worst fear isn't real, but suddenly it's like, in front of them provoking them yeah <laughs> and that makes for some really uh, yeah. ridiculous comedy and some sophisticated comedy at the same time that's a rare thing yeah yeah where's abby she she particularly loved bruno right she did the story i like to tell is that we that she and i went to see it in a theater uh and she was laughing so hysterically and so loud that I was embarrassed, especially if you've seen Bruno. It's one of the most unbelievable movies that got away with an R rating, the amount of obscene material in Bruno. And she was just cackling. People are looking at us in the theater, judging us and everything. She really liked it. She had a great time. Who's this, who's this pervert down here? <laughs> yeah. So, but you go see Bruno. It's really funny. It is. It is really funny. Yes. It's the, it's when he makes the gardeners be tables and furniture, and then uh, <laughs> who is it? Um, oh no, so the Latoya Jackson pop. sits down and yeah, and no, no and Paula Abdul, Paula Paul Abdul. Abdul. <laughs> yes, Paula Abdul. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. That was that was funny. I that was hard to watch, but it was really funny. So so the great thing about these characters, uh is what he can pull off through the guise of anonymity by pretending to be someone that doesn't exist. But the bad thing about these characters is that they immediately expired, expire as soon as these movies become public. And they, they became so wildly public that Borat hit the 
you know, the, the zeitgeist of popular culture in a way most comedies don't. Yeah. Everyone, like I said, Peter had never even seen the movie and he knew the quotes. He knew exactly who Borat was and what he looks like and how he sounds. They're almost like uh, these inescapable faces that are immediately recognizable by just about anyone. Just about yeah. anyone. So when Borat's subsequent movie film came out, he started trying to film. They had to do a bit where it, it showed how immediately recognizable he was on the streets. People running around trying to take his photo. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Understandably. Uh, yeah. Remember the Jackass movies where when the no, another one would come out, they would just go to a different country and do their stunts because that, that's the only way people wouldn't recognize them trying to do weird stuff. Yeah, and honestly, Johnny Knoxville had explored the same uh, workaround in the film Bad Grandpa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was so yeah. immediately recognizable that he knew he couldn't get away with the ridiculous stunts anymore. So he's under a ton of latex and makeup and prosthetic hair yeah. and then builds a fake character so he can go around on the street and do all the with same ridiculous stuff. Scrotum him hanging out in shorts. Yeah, exactly. Stuck in a soda vending machine and stuff. <laughs> That's, that's the Johnny Knoxville humor that we love. <laughs> yeah. So in Borat's subsequent movie film, we're at this weird point where he's obviously recognized on the streets, except for a few people apparently disattached from society enough that they don't know who he is. And he's able to just go into their store as Borat. But we have Borat. We have Sasha Baron Cohen disguised as Borat disguised as Johnny Chevrolet or whatever his characters were. So he's mm -hmm. two layers deep now trying to get into these scenarios. Yeah, but it gets even deeper because the it's Sasha Baron Cohen doing Borat's accent, doing a Southern accent. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really impressive, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's multi-layers deep now in order to create these candid moments. Yeah, he yeah. has to create a muddled accent that's already unrealistic underneath a, uh, a top layer of muddled accent that's also unrealistic to be this, you know, like faux Southerner or this act, this faux Kazakh <laughs> disguised as a faux Southerner. Mm -hmm. And that he gets away with it is, is really incredible. That it's one, it's amazing that there are people in America who don't recognize Borat, even though they're these old Southern people, it still Texas. is honestly kind of surprising to me. It's all Texas. The, yeah. the scenes where he gets to actually walk around as Borat. Yeah. Well, he filmed, apparently they, I mean, he didn't say otherwise, but the whole thing was in Galveston at least. And, uh, the, the, um, employee at the fax, the faxing store, where yeah. he sent all his faxes and then the dude where he bought the cage and uh like these small old mom and pop shops were the only places he was able to get away with being borat yeah and it's the uh there's a particular it's like a um i don't know exactly was he's sending telegrams he's yeah. uh no it's the, the faxes faxes right yeah so he's dictating faxes to a, a gentleman who doesn't know who Borat is, yeah. which makes for some of the funnier moments when in the movie. explaining emojis or whatever, and the guy was just drawing smiley faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. He said, right, sup, S-U-P. <laughs> That's it. Yes, send. <laughs> yeah, it was great. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So everyone admitted that, that, Bor- that we're all fans of the original Borat. Really funny. Uh, we don't disagree with its impact on popular culture. You know, I learned this why I'm setting this up this way. I learned when the sequel was about to be released that there are Borat naysayers in the world. I saw this headline that was like, "Drunk frat boys rejoice, you're getting another Borat movie." And the the past, you know, the snarky editorial was like, "Great, we're gonna have to put up with another ten years of douchebags quoting Borat all the time." I'm like, who who doesn't think that Borat? It's funny. This guy's apparently above Borat. Give me a break. Yeah. I don't know why they think he's going to have some sort of new catchphrases all of a sudden. In the first 10 minutes of the film, he, he used all his old catchphrases just to get him out of the way. Yeah, you, you got to bring it back. Yeah. So we, we like Borat. Really funny. How did the news of a sequel, what was your initial reaction to hearing like, oh, there's going to be a second movie? What did you think when you heard that, Tyler? <clears throat> the news of a second film made sense to me considering our current political and cultural climate. I feel like it's uh, almost low-hanging fruit. Like America is such an easy target right now, or at least when the filming was happening, um, for a Sasha Baron Cohen commentary. He was even doing that series, what is it called? This This is America? Or- yeah. This is America, um, yeah. where he he was already confronting a lot of the ridiculous norms in the United States. So it wasn't surprising to me. Um, I remember when I first heard about it, thinking because I feel like I heard about it post COVID shutdowns. So I remember uh, being uh, curious how he was going to pull it off. But it appears to me after watching the film that they started filming before COVID, potentially. They filmed before COVID, uh, shut everything down, and then they had to pivot and include pivot, uh, include <laughs> include Corona. And uh, I think that uh, they did really well, making it very relevant to our moments, uh, whether that was their original intention or not. Patrick, when you heard that there was going to be a Borat sequel, did you think, how... Yeah, that that was my first thought. It was like, how are they going to possibly do that? And then I was concerned because I also, like Tyler said, thought, well, it's a good time for that for a political statement because that's uh, the climate we're in right now. But I was like, I hope it's not one of the more scripted things. Like the Ali G movie was more of a straightforward film instead of the stunts throughout it, you know, weaving together a narrative. It just didn't make sense how he was going to do it until I heard that he was Borat dressed up as other characters. Then I thought it was the best idea ever. Because mm-hmm. that yeah, sounds so ridiculous. So what, what was your impression, Josh? Well, I thought, oh, that's brilliant. Is the is this seeing this is America felt like a prize. You're like, oh, we get to see Sasha Baron Cohen doing this unique like genre of comedy that he does where he's undercover. <laughs> it's like an undercover comedian. Uh, and it was fun. The characters that he made up to, to me, it's, I mean, Borat is a really hilarious 
character because he's in many ways likable, but he's also despicable. Uh, so he's he's a conflicting character, and you want him to be his despicable self. He's anti-Semitic and sexist and misogynistic, and and those are the bits that give some of the more ridiculous and hilarious moments in the movie. Because again, he's this hyperbolic character. He's a person that isn't real. Right. He's like a, a just a, a living hyperbole. Right, and, but in the hyperbole, he's he's just representing to America what they are. Yes, yeah. So he's satire. He's like a he is a mirror. Yeah, and he creates an American satire as a character of a foreign journalist. And he was doing that again. And this is a uh, America, which was really fun. And the uh, the cringe stuff in this is America was some uh, at an all time high. Uh, so the idea of him putting on prosthetic makeup to not just be Sasha Baron Cohen dressed up as a fictional person with prosthetics on his face, but yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen being Borat with prosthetics on his face. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't oh, just, it wasn't just prosthetics on his face. He had to actually change the shape of his entire body in order to get away. With yes. Him. I thought that was what an ingenious way to get the character back. Because there's something that, as soon as Borat was huge, I remember him saying, oh, well, we can't really use this character anymore, so I'll use the Bruno character. And everyone was like, oh, hooray, we'll get another movie. And then he used that character, and then it was kind of like, well, does he have another one? (laughs) Because it would be great to see, and a lot of time passed. So I thought, that's a really smart way. And what a time, like Tyler said, what a timely occasion to resurrect Borat. Uh and then you see the movie. So Tyler, what's your give us let's let's do this again because I thought I was listening to some old episodes. I think we should stick with this. Give us your tweet review and then uh, fresh or rotten. Yeah, the tweet review is that although Borat subsequent film is not nearly as funny as the first one, the commentary and the uh, meaning behind its existence are still very much worthwhile. Like it, it's still, it still has very much, there's a lot of, there's a good, there's a lot of comedy in it. There's some good laughs, not as many, but it's still very much is staying true to the original and definitely deserves to exist. And fresh or rotten? Oh, fresh. I give it a fresh. That's good. All right. Patrick. I feel like this one particularly leaned into the idea of misogyny. Uh, and it was very, it was very funny. Um, it's America deserved the, 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 the punches it threw at it. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, so on that now, Tyler, you, I mean, Patrick, your review. Yeah. My review is, uh, Borat is back, and <laughs> uh, I'm happy about that because I I like Borat. I wanted to see more of him, and I wanted to just, uh, excited to see the angle. It's not quite as shocking and funny as the first one. What about the debutante ball? <laughs> yeah, that was rough, but uh, I feel like. It, to the credit of the film, the reason it's not quite as shocking and funny is because that stuff isn't as shocking to us anymore. Yeah. 
So that's also why the his probably felt like his statement needed to be made, um, which is like the you know the deeper comedy of it, but still very fresh, and I had a really great time watching it. Yeah, I I have a really mixed reaction to the Borat sequel. On the one hand, it was definitely very entertaining. There's something that's very satisfying about just getting to see the character at all. And and some of the situations that he created and then carried out to fruition are, even if they weren't hilarious, they were impressive. Mm-hmm. You would sit there and go like, ah, dog, I can't believe he actually stayed at these guys' house. Yeah, he stayed in character for days at the guy's house in quarantine. And how did they not know who Borat is? <laughs> yeah, I know. What the heck? How did, did he someone... find them? That's the perfect and, people to find. Yeah, did someone... Uh, they must have done some sort of research. I feel like Borat is only as successful as the producers are able to make him. I feel like they're the ones doing the hard work. It was really impressive. So it was always entertaining. It was it was funny at times. It was definitely interesting. And there were at least a couple of moments that were so horrifyingly cringy that, you know, they're genuinely shocking. So that was fun fun to experience. But uh I didn't really laugh a whole lot. I chuckled and I smiled a couple times. And I thought to myself, maybe the appeal or the, the sheen of the character has just kind of fade, faded out over time and if i had seen this first i would have laughed but then like i said i had rewatched the original film and i was still laughing hysterically yeah. knowing exactly what was coming at the original movie so I, d- I don't know exactly if it's uh that the scenarios themselves didn't provide as hilarious encounters as much as they did cringy encounters or if it seems to me like the, this particular movie has slower beats, uh, the gags are a little bit more spread out and they take a little longer. When you rewatch the original movie, he inserts a lot of things just trying to populate the entire movie with ridiculous stuff like Borat takes driving lessons and Borat visits the feminist professors and Borat is just like beat after beat after beat. Some of them have no bearing on advancing the narrative. In fact, most of them don't. The, the whole thin Pamela Anderson thing. Yeah. It, it's well, just like the, a, the original film is just about him coming to America and learning anything, anything at all. And yeah. the Pamela Anderson, Anderson narrative was something that was birthed out of his experience in the U.S. This one he came to with a specific uh, storyline already intact. That even though it, it changes along the way, it's like he's he's in one place doing one thing, and it's it's much more limited. He has more, far less freedom to be random. Even though they find ways to like visit the Instagram influencer who and who tells her women should be weak in the and the <laughs> hair salon where she she says, "I would love to see your hair." She pulls up her dress and the. Uh, like they they find ways oh Tyler's Tyler's freezing so he he find ways but it's still all along a certain storyline 
Yeah, did you notice that it, it kind of pulls a Home Alone 2 a little bit? It is formulaic, but that doesn't mean it's bad. No, no, it doesn't mean like, it's bad, just like Home Alone 2 is not bad, but it does, it follows you, you the same own, beats. Be you, you know, own... What's what? that? What? Excuse me? Huh? What? No, 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 no. You froze and I kept talking, so go ahead. Oh, I was saying that it kind of moves along the same exact trajectory. It puts Borat in the exact same place where he's split up with the person who came on the trip with him and he never, no longer has anything. And he has to find his way back to that person, get reunited with them, and it kind of hits all the same beats at the same time. The broad strokes beats, just like Home Alone 2. Which is good. Do your thing. Do it again. Get weirder and funnier with it. Go on, Borat. Own it. Did you have? Did anyone have a particular moment that they found stood out to them more than anything else in the movie? Uh, I think that they were really smart to bring in a like a second character actor. Actor with uh, Maria Bakalova, like his daughter. It wasn't just Borat getting away with all his stunts by himself, like they brought in, and she even did all, she did a series of them by herself, and she was just as good, like she was just as committed to the scenes and didn't flinch, at least as far as they showed us, she didn't flinch, and I thought she was great. She was brave. She was brave, and people talk about, you know, there's a lot of actual worldwide journalism kicked up over the now infamous scene with Giuliani. But I thought that the bit where she gets on stage in front of the women, women uh, Republicans, the women Republicans and starts talking about masturbation was, it was, I had to watch it through my fingers. It was so horrible. (laughs) And I couldn't help but think like, good Lord, she's going for it to the same degree that he does. Yeah. Well, this is super impressive. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed that they I'm impressed with her, yes, but I'm also impressed that they gave her her own space and stage to 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 do this type of comedy and she was just she was great. She was just as good. Yeah, do you think that they were trying uh to set up a possible third one where she's just the the centerpiece of doing what the first one did? I because feel like she, she could, could still do that now. Yeah, she could more easily go undetected than he can because he's like a six, seven, very distinct features, very easily recognizable type guy. She could probably pull off a lot more costumes than he could and get away with a lot more. And she uh, encompasses a spectrum of appearances in the movie. Mm-hmm. She shows up looking very different than her quote-unquote made-over self in the movie, which is hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but even her made-over self uh, was different from like the version she became when she was a journalist. Mm-hmm. She, she had a lot of different looks, and she managed to carry them all with equal amount of confidence and very convincingly each time. Yeah, I'm surprised because when I saw... I did watch the a trailer ahead of time to get myself ex- excited. I was so ready to laugh and have a good time with Borat. I wanted to wet my whistle, so to speak. And 
the when I realized Patrick's that Patrick's face is a little disgusted with that expression. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it's a it's an expression. <laughs> Take it how you will. I realized that they were going to emphasize the secondary character of his daughter, and I felt immediately like oh, I don't know, you know the how much of the stage is Borat going to have to share with this character? Is it going to depend on the secondary character? What if the secondary character can't hack it? Then it turned out to be a really wise decision because uh, it made the, you know, the Borat movies don't need a, a really substantial narrative. It just really is a device to get you from one ridiculous scenario to another. It's a situational comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it gave a reason for a narrative to exist at all, and the the character turned out to be really funny. Their interactions turned out to be really funny, and then you know it had a surprising kind of tender side to it that was fun. Yeah, and the way that it ends with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen saying "You were amazing" or "You were fantastic" or something, it felt genuine. Like watching that mm-hmm. final line in the film, it felt genuine. Like he was proud of her as an actor managing to accomplish what she did in the film. Yeah, yeah. It, that that all was really good. The um the trailer had this misleading scene. Do you remember this where he was talking to the doctor and they were like he thought that they were asking for an abortion and it seemed like in the trailer that's what they were doing. And then when you watch the film it's because she ate the piece of the cake topper by accident. And yeah, uh with her of a baby. <laughs> Of a baby, yeah, but in the trailer, it hurt. seems terrible. The arms are like this and sticking outside. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was a particularly wild scene. Yeah, but that uh, doctor slash pastor didn't get nearly as worked up as I remember reading some headlines said about him. Yeah, he 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 kept it calm, I guess. He kept his cool, but the, the the way he kept clarifying, you're his daughter, you're her father. He should have yeah. gotten more worked up. Yeah. <laughs> I just chalked that up to just utter disbelief. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Wh- how could this situation actually be unfolding in front of me? And these two people seem so ridiculous. Like, they shouldn't exist in real life. They look like cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. And, yet, and yet, there they are. Yeah. The whole uh, moon moon blood dance scene was so unbelievable. At the debutante ball? Yes. Yeah. How did they do yeah, that? And the, I'm sure there was some kind of mechanism under her wardrobe that That just kept bled. making it bloodier, bloodier redder. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was pretty, uh, it was pretty out there. I just love that it's fun to see how people react and, of course, be appalled and walk away. I'm always impressed with the people that stay. Even at the end of the dance, there were a few people still still standing there clapping. You know, what in the world? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, again, I think the disbelief freezes people. They yeah. can't believe what's happening, and then they just they can't look away from it. And some of them seem like mildly amused. Others are just absolutely horrified. It was incredible. Yeah, the audience yeah. gets to sit there safely and be yeah. absolutely nauseated and <laughs> baffled. Remember a while ago when the footage of him filming the uh, concert scene leaked? 
Yes. Uh, he was in Olympia, Washington at that festival, that um, like right wing festival. Mm-hmm. And he gets up on stage and he starts singing as the folk, the folk singer doing the, uh, the What Would You Do song. Yeah, which is so great yeah. about that is, you know, he filmed it and then the story we got back is they did that and then he got kicked out and then came back as a cameraman and then interviewed the people asking about him. Uh, but none of us were clued in that he was making a movie or anything. It just seemed like a random stunt for some reason. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, I remember when that headline, especially since uh, we're not far from Olympia, when that headline was going around, everyone's immediate reaction was just like, oh, hooray, whatever it is he's working on, it'll be fun to see that when that comes out. Yeah. No one had the slightest idea that it was a sequel to Borat. Right. Yeah, it, it, um, I remember watching the clip, and he's on stage for like eight minutes just riffing on locking up Hillary and yeah. chopping people up like the Saudis do thinking what is happening out here and then reading a bunch of stuff on Twitter about how they figured out it was him and he and the band had to run and they jumped into the back of an ambulance in order to get away. But what's great, and I had to show this to Sarah after we watched the movie because it's not in the film, is that that whole scene ends with them running and the organizers of the festival saying, oh, we caught you, Borat, we caught you, Sasha Baron Cohen. And like they're doing uh, like these interviews with the press saying, oh, yeah, we realized who it was. And we immediately rushed the stage to try and turn off the, the electricity and get them out of here. And then they ran. And the whole time he's giving an interview about it. Sasha Baron Cohen had returned as an undercover reporter and was filming it. Yeah. But it's not a movie. Stuff. There's photos of Sasha Baron Cohen in an entirely different costume with like a goatee and like this gray hair holding a camera and wearing sunglasses and the dude doesn't recognize him, but it's not in the movie. It's just this beautiful moment of like this bizarre, like contradiction where he's talking about recognizing Sasha Baron Cohen while all along he came back and was standing next to him. How did they not put that in the movie? Even as like a, an extra feature or like a cut reel or something. I bet they have a whole bunch of clips for whenever the Blu-ray comes out to try to sell it. Yeah. Yeah, there was footage that he tweeted of him in the bluegrass singer outfit and he's getting into a, an RV or some kind of mobile home and telling the production crew to get out of there. He like immediately closes the door and lays down flat on the ground of this trailer and then he's telling them like, get out of here, get out of here. You can hear people start to beat on the thing from the outside, getting himself into all these dangerous scenarios where you kind of don't want to be the one person making a mob of hundreds of people really, really angry. Yeah. That's what he's, that's what he's good at though. Yeah. You that's know? what he's he does. Own that. <laughs> what, uh, what was the scene where he had to have a trap door in the floor? Were you just telling us about that. Yeah, he talked about it on the uh, Mark Marin's podcast that when they shot, I don't want to give away the something huge from Bruno, but there's a moment in Bruno that put him in that exact predicament we're describing where he was antagonizing a group of hundreds of people to the degree that this particular group of people would have been absolutely enraged by what he was doing. And they were. 
and they were. And so they was, had to build in this particular set, they had to build a trap door with an underground tunnel <laughs> that would take him to an escape van if the crowd were to rush him and try to hurt him. He would have time to get away fast and shut a door behind himself. The studio was like, it'd be nice if you didn't die during the production of this movie. It would be good promotion, though. Yeah, it really would be. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So, overall, I think it kind of lands where what Tyler was saying. It's like, hey, you know, no one has anything uh, overtly bad to say about Borat. It's also not like the most excited glowing reviews i'm sure uh anyone's heard of the movie but it deserves to exist mm-hmm. and it's one of those comedies for being so crass and so offensive it's actually pretty thoughtful and sophisticated simultaneously which is no small thing yeah that's the weird juxtaposition of sasha baron cohen where he's clearly an intellectual he's very thoughtful and smart and he has a lot of like profound commentary on society as we know it but then he comes out and he does these ridiculous characters in order to like to to face a mirror at society it's just this bizarre comparison of nonsense to to thoughtful criticism yeah yep i hope you make some more yeah, do you think they possibly he possibly can, or now has he a you know eradicated the possibility of this layer too? He has to be Borat in costume, in costume. <laughs> he's gonna go another layer deep. I'm sure he's got more characters, but I still think his daughter in the movie could make her own film, and I would I would like to see that. Yeah, it would be easier for her to get away with it than him. It's just he's just too recognizable, even under the layers of of makeup he's just too big and distinct yeah he had some trouble during the if you recall during the this is america shoot where i think he went into a guns and ammo store is as one of his characters with prosthetic face and all that and the guy immediately said to him you're borat (laughs) and so he had to turn around and walk out and then this guns and ammo store was all self-righteous and all over the news being like, we were too smart for Borat, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm trying to assume that oh, go ahead. a lot of that must have happened on this shoot. Yes. You know? That's what happened with Giuliani. If you remember back in like the summer, he did a press release where he said, oh yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen tried to get me, but he, he couldn't, you know, I outsmarted him. But then we watch it back and it's like, oh, are, are you sure? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> seems like he got you, man. That wasn't that wasn't yeah. great for him? Yeah. Uh, should we the the big controversy with Borat too is whether or not really Giuliani was was sticking his hand down his pants and tucking his shirt or not. What was your read on it? I mean, it's just there's there doesn't seem to be a world where anything other than something heinous and vile <laughs> was taking place. You know his immediate. Now, now we're a, po- a political podcast. His immediate re- uh, defense 
I think was something to the effect of he was like adjusting a microphone or some such thing. He, well, they took the microphone out and his shirt came untucked and he was just adjusting. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, he said he was adjusting his shirt. Even if it hadn't been for that moment, he com- comes across as such a lecherous, disgusting character <laughs> yeah. just over the course of that interview. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just the comments he, he makes he and the ways he touches her. Yeah. yeah it not. was yeah. it was already plenty incriminating before that very obviously disgusting moment. Yeah, and indefensible moment. When uh it seemed like Sasha Baron was genuinely trying to like jump in there in that moment too. Like they were watching in the other room or something. He's like, Oh crap, too far. And <laughs> he had to get in there and stop it. But yeah, I wonder if that must have been conflicting for him because she was all in the press saying how safe she felt and how good they were at protecting and insulating her so that she didn't feel like she was at risk in any given moment. But as a comedian, as weird as it sounds, as an artist trying to capture the particular vision he had for the movie, it's the nature of the thing that he has to like let it go uh, far yeah. enough that they yeah. have something in the movie. Um, but not too far that someone's in genuine danger. That must have been a really precarious situation. Yeah, that doesn't seem easy. It's probably very challenging, especially with her in there. But even that entire scene, she kept pushing it and pushing it, and she didn't flinch when he kept leaning over and touching her and touched her lower back and making weird comments. She just kept going along with it. So it makes sense that he burst into the room like he did. I bet it got to a point where he was like, oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> when, when do we stop this? Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like watching the thing. And she, in, in that particular scene, embodied the essence of the way that Borat satires the characters that he interviews, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. If you think about Borat talking to the guy, the gentleman at the rodeo in the first movie, or the frat guys, he says these ridiculous things to people in an effort to bring out the worst in them, and it yeah, and it often works. Yeah, he's um, he's uh, oh no, oh no, what is the word I'm looking for? Dang it! Why does this always happen to me? He, yeah, he's like uh, he, he's making it a safe space for them be, to behave in in the way that they would most normally behave. Like he's yeah. He gives them permission to say the horrible things they're thinking. Yeah. And she did that in that interview. She uh, communicates as kind of um, open and smiley, and she's, in a sense, kind of goading him and acting as if she's, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm in your presence. You're so impressive. You know, again, a character that doesn't exist, that would just be this young, attractive woman that would be so thrilled <laughs> to sit there and talk to him. And in doing so, draws out that smarmy, gross old man. <laughs> yeah. So she, yeah. she definitely carried on the, effectively carried the function of that character. You know, that's, that's kind of what Borat or Bruno or Ali G does. Just get people to reveal. Yeah. How, sh- how short-tempered at best they are or how vile and racist and <laughs> yeah yeah they can be. giuliani seems to be so universally reviled or at least like uh 
such a, a, a low expectation of him as a human being that his career seems virtually unaffected, you know, that he's still out there doing press releases at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping, defending the president yeah. in his re-election campaign. Yeah, it's, you know, it can, it's stranger than fiction. You're going to be in that movie forever. I've got to assume that even if you feel relatively invincible, that's got to be bad news on some level. Yeah. Like those guys in the in the first movie that they the South Carolinian frat boys tried to sue Borat for defamation of character and that they had been misled and duped and but it becomes this inarguable situation where you're like, I don't know, man, we can all see the footage. Right. Yeah. That's what he's so good at. And what I was trying to think of earlier is he, he disarms everybody. Like he, he lets them be themselves in this in this very casual space. And how do you claim defamation when it's clearly you speaking on your own behalf? I, I, yeah. I don't know how they could possibly expect to win a suit like that. Well, they didn't. That's the ending of yeah. the story. They did not. <laughs> oh, well. Good try, guys. And, and Borat... <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen, as a, as a Jewish man, loves to push and provoke and find the anti-Semitism in people or strangers, or sometimes yeah. just to create like an absolute farce out of the idea of anti-Semitism. Right, and, when he talks about their noses and their yeah. wings and their pitchforks. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, there's a scene in the Borat sequel where he waltzes into a synagogue. Into a synagogue. Yeah in the most ridiculous costume as like a kind of demon caricature of Uh, a Jewish person. But in the context of the movie, Borat is sincerely dressing himself as what he thinks is a passable Jewish disguise. And he's carrying like a cartoon money bag with a dollar sign (laughs) on it. And those sweet old women just talk to him and treat him with so much respect. That's the thing yeah. about it that's so interesting about the movie is because he went in there and provoked them. I'm sure he provoked other people probably more so, but he still did like gave them every opportunity to be mad at him and they were just patient and kind. So mm-hmm. they were like good guys in this as well. It's just an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's such a beautiful ending that uh Borat's subsequent movie film ends with the running of the Americans. Is that what it was? Yeah. Americans? Yeah. Or is it something more specific? <laughs> but <laughs> that that uh, Americans have become the monsters that they fear. It's yeah. very poetic. Yeah. There's a there's something special about getting to see this particular comedian do his thing, even if it doesn't like knock you out of your seat with hysterical laughter from start to finish the way the original movie did. I watched uh, an actor's round table a little while ago. Uh, I can't remember who's publishing these videos, vanity fair or some such YouTube channel will have like an actor's round table or a director's round table. And these really different kinds of actors will all sit around and have a discussion about their craft. And Sasha Baron Cohen was at a table across from Jim Carrey and Jim Carrey you could tell from the beginning of this video was so delighted to be in the presence 
of this guy. He wouldn't stop looking at him and smiling so sincerely every time he talked. And finally, Sasha Baron Cohen mentioned something about like, well, when we were filming Borat and Jim Carrey's praise for him as a comedian just erupted and overflowed like this movie was so brilliant. You were so good. And he was just so sincere about it. It was a delightful thing to see because you're like, oh, this guy's an accomplished comedian. He's in the presence of another accomplished comedian. He can't help but respect him. And he's saying what we all think. Like, you did such a good job. <laughs> good job being Borat. We yeah. all love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Well, if you're out there, Sasha Baron Cohen, and you're listening, you ain't movies. Says, good job, man. Good job. Yeah, we're not just saying that because we know you're a regular listener. We, yeah, we're not we're not just saying that because Jim Carrey did. He's also <laughs> a regular listener. <laughs> Good job. Seems like our discussion of Borat got a little more earnest than I anticipated. What did you think of Borat subsequent movie film? Were you laughing more than we were? Or were you quite as taken with the comedic bravery of it all or are you sick of people quoting Borat all the time leave a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com while you're there you might as well subscribe to the podcast and follow us on social media where you will quickly learn that for the mere price of a cup of coffee you could be getting additional episodes rare unheard episodes of you hate movies by visiting patreon.com slash you hate movies 